Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. My name is Sarah Grandinetti, your host, and I'm super excited to be joined by my friend Simone Millicis today. Um, she inspires me so much just for a long time. I was watching you from afar and then getting to know you more personally. I um I will have to say that the the receiving of a woman's potency and soft and softness and kindness um has contributed to me being more of me in so many ways. So I just want to say thank you. Before I read your bio, thank you for everything you be. Um thank you, Sarah. So. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> Thank you. So a little bit about Simone. Um, Simone Millicis is an innovative business leader, author, and a leading facilitator with access consciousness, a set of life changing techniques and tools currently facilitated in more than 175 countries, a lady who knows how to be a woman. Simone joyfully sees the prospect of possibility and future in every choice as she chooses a self-confessed compulsive creator. I love that. Simone is also a co-owner of Castello di Castle Bargone, <laughs> a luxury semi-private residence in Italy, three antique stores in Australia, and El Lugar, an eco-retreat in Costa Rica. Renowned for her refreshingly honest, vulnerable, and dynamic approach, Simone regularly features in the media, such as Fox News, Forbes, GQ, and Mind Body Green, and is the author of Joy of Business and bestsellers, Getting Out of Debt Joyfully and Relationships, Are You Sure You Want One, co-authored with Brendan Watt. She also hosts a weekly podcast, The Choice Change in Action Podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. Thank you for being here. What a Thank resume. You, Sarah. It's so funny when someone <laughs> reads your bio, and I know that we've got like four or five out there. Um, and I, I know that my PR agent like hands different ones out depending on what's happening. And when people read them and you you're like, okay, like <laughs> You know, you just, you're just doing you, you're just being you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because that's what I'd love to dive in with you today is what being you looks like with business, but the part of business that is leadership and how I think a lot of us avoid leadership because of whatever we've decided we have to become. It's like people who avoid money. Cause they're like, Oh, that'll make me mean and awful because people with money are mean and awful. And then Gary and Dane invite us to know that if you have more money, you just become more of what you already are. So can we talk a little bit about leadership and your journey into that place? Like, were you always a natural born leader? Was it something that came naturally that's natural born that came easy for you or something that, um, you had to kind of hone as a skill set? Um, I would say more natural and yet there's been a lot of different stories over my life where I have either, you know, avoided it or rejected it, et cetera, because, this reality really didn't make sense to me. And when I was put in something, like say in high school, um, it was we had the whole school voted in like who was sports captain. We had four um, colors at our school. And so the school would vote it in and I got voted sports captain. And so it's, it's pretty cool like that the school actually votes you in. But what happens is in the last year of school, when you're voted school captain, I mean, sorry, um, sports captain, 
you automatically get prefect. And the school I went to was 100 years old. And when I got this, right, they literally, me and two other girls that we were all friends, they sat us down and they said, over 100 years, it would just been our anniversary or something. We've never done this before, but we don't think you should be prefect. We don't think you're prefect material because we were so naughty. And all of a sudden we were sports captains voted in by the school, but they were like, how can we put these girls on as, you know, these leaders of, of you know, doing this? Because I went to a private school, you had to wear a hat, you had to wear gloves, you had to wear a blazer, you know, all that sort of stuff. So part of being a prefect was, you know, when you walked from school to the train station, you made sure that all the, all the kids were wearing their blazers and their hats and representing the school in the right way. Now, I went to school at a place called St. Vincent's College in Potts Point. And if anyone knows it, it's um, Potts Point and King's Cross was our railway station, which is the area um, where, I mean, prostitution is legal in Australia. So that's where all the brothels are, all the, the prostitutes, all the, which also brings a lot of drugs, the nightclubs, everything. Like it's, as you grow up, you end up going and partying in King's Cross, right? But it's, it's got some dodgy areas. And but I was one of the kids that would take the back street. So I wouldn't walk that main street, which we had to walk that main street. I would take the back street so you could have a cigarette, you know, and do all that. So that and they knew that. And they were like, how can we have you guys as prefects? And I remember they were like, well, look, what we're gonna do is we're gonna make you prefect, but just be aware we're watching you, you know. And I'm like, okay. And sure enough, I lost my prefect's badge within about <laughs> six months for being naughty and whatever. And the last day of school, I remember the headmistress called me into the office and she said, hey, I want to give you back your prefect's badge. She said, just know that you've always been a prefect in my mind. I, we, you know, we basically just couldn't do this. Like, and I was like, that's okay. That's fine. But I noticed that, yeah, I've always been a leader, I guess, in the sense of people looking at what I was choosing and um, I don't know, it's so hard to look at that, like maybe being inspired. But then I, I did something really weird in year 11 at school because I was in, it's an all girls school. And it was that, you know, group of girls that hang out together and to me become quite um, mean. Like I think a whole bunch of girls, especially at that age, just become cruel and mean and unkind to each other. And I remember thinking, I don't like this. Like this just doesn't work. So you know, being like, I guess you go, oh, one of the popular kids are in this big group and all that. But I was like, what does popularity mean when you're just being an asshole to each other? So the next year in year 11, I went to school and everyone's like, hey, come sit here, you know? And I went, no, I'm going to sit on my own. And for that whole year, I befriended one person and I spent most of the year on my own. And I remember looking at it each day going, is this creating anything greater? Like, is this working? And people just thought I was weird, like absolutely weird as fuck. Like it was like, you know, and why am I doing that? What have they done? And this whole, this reality sort of fight. And then at the end of year 11, I remember looking at this going, well, that didn't seem to create a change. So I really did just go, okay, I'll step back into this reality and step back into that box of being, you know, and that's when I got voted sports captain and came the prefect and that, and step back into that box of being what everybody else sees me as and I think a lot of us did that for a long time and you try and function in that box and you try and function from this place of this is the right thing that's the wrong thing I mean god I remember choosing boys and the first thing I check in is do my friends like them do my friends think he's cute you know and it's like wow like wow <laughs> you're not even in the computation and to me that was just like so boring and I knew that there was something different but nobody was talking about it and nobody was showing me anything different 
And then the majority of my friends all went off and, you know, a lot of them ended up with their high school sweethearts, got married, had kids. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And I knew it wasn't for me. And or they'd go off and did college, university, et cetera. And I was like, I want to see the world. I just want to see the world. So I got a few jobs, worked my ass off and then just left. And I went to see the world. And I get the leadership that I've been the strongest and the most strength is when I've chosen it for me. Because a lot of the times I think when you choose for you, it's looked at as though you're choosing against. And a lot of my friends looked at me as though I was choosing against them. And it was never about them. It was about what I, I wasn't fulfilling what I would like to choose. And I couldn't see it anywhere. And I, I sort of knew that I had to create it. So then when I went traveling and I traveled, I told everyone I was going for six months and I ended up staying about three years. And that to me was a whole discovery of, you know, having hardly any money and, you know, learning how to deal with that, traveling around and sleeping in tents and, you know, on people's floors and everything like that. And sleeping in, I remember I slept in a, a, a German railway station once and this lady found me and went, you cannot sleep here. Like you're getting, so she took me to this center for women who have been raped, but I could sleep on their floor and the doors were locked. So she knew I was safe. And I was like, okay, you know, 19, just like wandering around the world going, okay. But I think that wandering around the world and really having to live each day in question led me to lead me to where I am today. And if that's being a leader for others, then okay. But the thing that I did give up was caring what other people thought about what I was choosing. And I think that's a really big piece for everyone to get for themselves is stop trying to be like others or choose so that others will like you and if you get over that then you get to lead your own life thank you for that can can you expand a little bit about or a little bit on the um the part about like the willingness to lead you or have you be the one that you lead and how that relates to like when Gary and Dane of access consciousness invite us to go, even if no one's following. Yeah. Um, look, I remember having a conversation with Gary Douglas um, and he said he made the demand of himself because him and Dane have, you know, co-created access for 22 years. Right. Uh, and he made the demand of himself that he would go no matter what. And even if it meant Dane wasn't going, because he realized too, that if he was, if he was, moving forward, but waiting for his mate, right? Waiting for anyone. If you're waiting for anyone, that's limiting what you can choose. And what I've seen over the years with, with Gary going, I'm going no matter what. And Dane also has that same point of view. I'm going no matter what. Like he's not, you know, Dane will have an awareness about something. Gary has an awareness about something. And they're not waiting for the other one to get it. They just go, which what I see ends up being this major contribution to not just themselves and each other, but the entirety of the world. And if people could choose more of that, would be I, like, what the hell would this world look like? But there's, when you ask that question, I guess there's a hurdle or hurdles that you have to be willing to jump over and you have to be willing to stumble and fall and be okay with that. And I think the running thing there is you've got to know who you are and discover who you are, like not define who you are, but know what actually works for you. And for me, all of those years that, you know, that that year at high school where I sort of went, all right, I won't hang out with people, you know, and see if that works. Nope. <laughs> and then when I went traveling and did all of that, 
Um, and then when I actually found Access Consciousness, and I was so excited, Sarah. I We were doing this free intro in Sydney, and I was born and bred in Sydney. Knew a lot of people. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a free intro with Gary and Dane. All my friends are going to want to go. This is amazing. We're going to need to get this big venue, and they're all going to want to change their lives. And, you know, so enthusiastic. Not one of them showed up. It was a Friday night. They were all out getting drunk, taking drugs. And I went, wow. And like from moments like that, and there's been some really pivotal moments that you get to go, hmm, what am I choosing for me? Because I could go to the pub and take drugs and get drunk, or I could choose something different. And sometimes I think that that road of choosing something different has this sense of being really lonely. Mm. And that that I see for myself and I've seen for others pulls you back into going, oh, hang on a second. Do I have anyone here I can hold hands with? Anyone who's going to come along for the ride with me? And in truth, that's only ever sort of trying to make your choices right rather than if you know you, you know what works for you, not by definition, by just knowing every 10 seconds what actually works for you, what makes you happy, and you choose that, then and you sort of like destroy and uncreate that sense of being alone because you're not alone. You've never been alone. And what if that is one of the biggest lies you tell yourself and you keep choosing, you keep moving forward, then you'll find you might have completely different people around you. You might have, you know, a completely different, uh, you know, atmosphere or, you know, something else that's contributing to you. Like the earth is here, you know, the, the, the plants are here, the animals are here. And then ask for what it is that you would like. Like, I think it was about three years ago, I started asking for more kind people to show up in my life. I was really good at, you know, hanging around with people who were like, you know, gaslighting, mean, cruel and all of that. Why? Because it validated the limitations I decided I had and the judgments I had of myself. So it matched the energy. Well, if you're actually really willing to leap forward and move forward and not have that as a limitation, then you'll find every single day your life changes and more and more people from different walks of life show up. But if you're asking for kind people, it, it shows up. If you're asking for people who, you know, when you meet up with them, it's like, yeah, let's go possibilities, not trauma and drama. It shows up. So I, the leadership really starts with you of, of having a moment with you and going, what am I asking for here? Yeah. You said a word in there that, um, is like, it's, a, has its own phenomenon to it, to me in access. Cause I didn't hear it for the longest time either. And it's that word willing, um, <clears throat> whenever Dane or Gary have uh, yourself, anybody in class has ever said, like, you have to be willing to lose people. You have to be willing to lose or gain anything to create what you'd like to have in your life. I know so many people go to the lose anything or lose anyone. And they're like, no, and put up the walls and barriers. But there's this thing about willingness that I don't get many of us really get. Um, I, again, Gary had given me advice about a business that I owned here in LA and he's like, Sarah, so you have to be willing to walk away. And it was three years later that I realized what he had invited me to. And I said, Oh my God, he said, willing, he didn't say you have to walk away. He said, you have to be willing to walk away. And the minute that I told that business partner, Hey, I'm willing to walk away. If this doesn't change, she walked away in like four days, Simone, it was three years of like dealing with attorneys and like unkindness and just, I mean, not even just unkindness, but downright nastiness. Yeah. Um, and then I finally heard Gary three years later and I was like, Oh my God, I've been, I've been avoiding that. And so it just yeah. opened up a whole nother world. So I'm wondering if here, 
Simone Melissus, will you give your awareness around the, the avoidance to either hear willing or whatever you want to like preach on right now for willing, because I loved what showed up here with you speaking on it. Well, I actually like the two words that you've put in there. One is willing and the second one is avoiding because that's what we do. I mean, recently there's one of the businesses that I'm involved in. Um, one of the manager of this business was just hating it, like just hating it. Right. And everything that they were looking at with the business was about judgment, like list of judgment. And I said, Hey, you know what? You've got to be willing to have some gratitude for all the staff and the business, like come up with three things of all the staff and the business of what you're grateful for. And they went and started bitching about everything. And I went, wow, what does this business require? Oh, this business requires for this person to step out of it, whether it's forever or just a, a short period of time. And the willingness to lose everything with that. And I had to look at it and go, oh, am I willing to have this conversation? You know, am I willing to, to have this person, you know, I don't know, be angry, react, da, 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 you know, not like me, you know, all of that sort of thing. And we have this like plethora of things that we come into of what we've decided we're not willing but I knew this business required a change. And so I addressed it. And within two minutes, Max, he went, yes. And he was like, his whole world just lightened up. And it's funny. He just sent me a text saying, hey, I'm open for bars and bodywork if you need it. You know, and the joy in his world. And I was like, wow, he's now getting to create his life. And I said, you got to find out what brings you joy. But I was willing for anything to show up with this. And I knew I had to create this change. I had to choose something. And that's the thing. You got to choose, 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 choose something that creates that change. And another example, I mean, if I used examples in business, it's, it's such a good one because a lot of people I see start a business and, you know, as yourself, you're like, well, this is what it looks like, you know, and they hold on to it. Like if you just picture holding on to something like with a really firm grasp and it's like, what happens with your body? Your whole body tightens up. It's like every molecule is like, I can hardly move. You know, you don't have the flexibility. You don't have this malleability. You don't have infinite choice. You have finite choice and you're not willing to let it go. And it might be because you go, well, this business, you know, makes me X amount of money so I can pay my bills. And you're like, well, is that enough for you? You know, or it could be, I started it. I have no idea who I am without this business. You know, whatever reason and justification you have for not letting something go rather than the willingness to let it go. Now, if you, if you tap into that energy and you literally let your hands go, like take a big breath and allow yourself to have the awareness of what else is possible, then you allow every molecule in the universe to start contributing to you and what else is actually available. But the willingness, and, and when you say to people, you know, as you said, Gary's always said, the, you've got to be willing to lose everything. And when you say that in class, it's really funny because people go, oh, I'm not willing to lose my kids. Or, you know, I'm not willing to lose this. And I looked at this probably about a year ago and I asked myself, what am I not willing to lose? And the weirdest thing came up was the house I live in. And I went, I'm not willing to lose the house I live in. And I went, looked around. I was walking around my house going, really? And I started asking myself questions. But what I actually got to was, what does the house gift me? It gives me this comfort, right? This ease. And I went, oh, I like comfort and ease. Okay, so what if I could create comfort and ease with my choices, no matter where I am in the world? And then, so I sort of like broke it down and I was like, okay, I'm willing to lose the house, you know? 
And because we come up with these insane points of view of what we're not willing to lose. But for example, one of the, the, um, the common themes is people when they say they're not willing to lose their kids. So if you look at the energy of that, I'm not willing to lose my kids. And then you start, you know, just really big time or even small trickles of control with your kids because you're not willing to lose them. You're not willing for them to fuck up. You're not willing for them to die. You're not willing for them to, you know, hate you, go away or whatever it is. But if you're willing to have them choose anything, just play with that energy for a moment. And if you're willing for them to, to choose anything and have anything and willing for them to go away, how much space does that gift you and them? And from that space, ah, there's so much choice. There's like possibilities galore. But you've also got to be willing, right, like I said before, to, to have that space of knowing who you are, know what works for you, and know that you're going to be okay. Like you got this. You're going to be okay. You're going to stumble and fall a billion times over. But how many people, you know, on their deathbed go, oh, I wish I had more things or I wish I played it safer. You know, you're like, God damn, why didn't I ask that guy out? God damn, why didn't I, you know, take that adventure? God damn, why didn't I do this? You know, it's not like, oh, I wish I had more money in the bank or whatever. It's like, no, what are you not allowing yourself to choose now so that you can truly, 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 truly live the, you know, the enthusiastic you know life that you should be having willingness to have it all I love where this conversation is going and it just popped in my head I in my beauty conversations I often say like no one was on their ends on their deathbed wondering if they should have judged their thighs more this lifetime <laughs> you know like your relationship with your body and how much we try to get it right so so often and don't look at like actually living in the bodies that we have in the beauty you know room who I love talking at the moment about that is Emma Thompson. Mm. And she yep. was in that movie, um, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Yep. And it's a beautiful movie for a lot of different reasons. There's so much depth to it and the themes to it. But the, but the piece that I'm referring to is when Emma Thompson's talking about your body. And this interview I saw and she's like, just stop. Like stop spending all this money on diets and stop, you know, judging your body. It's like, this is your body. Like enjoy it. And they did these little, um, they did these exercises before they actually made the film. And they spent 19, it was 19 days they made this film. But to begin with, um, so if you don't know the story, it's like she hires this um, young, young escort, right? And, you know, she's never had an orgasm. And, and do you know what a common theme that is? People don't talk about that. That is huge. A lot of women have never had an orgasm and make themselves so friggin' wrong for it their whole life. But what if today was the day that you went, okay, body, what would give you pleasure? And what if I, you know, what if it was okay to masturbate every day? What if it was okay to play with my body? What if it was okay to let go, like have that willingness just to let go? You know, I mean, so many women, it's funny, God, where this conversation where it is going, it's like, they'll hold on to themselves rather than have an orgasm because they're like, oh, maybe I'm going to fart. Maybe you do. That's okay. You know, all of that and more. So, but she talks about, this thing with it and she said like have you ever stood naked in front of a mirror and just looked at your body and just like not tried to hold anything in or do anything just look at it and they got these big white pieces of paper and lay on there and then drew their bodies out and she said then we drew marks all around the, the the parts of our body that we liked the parts that we didn't like or if something happened if we'd had a surgery there or anything and I was like god that's a cool process just to be aware of what your point of view is and what if you are willing to let go of all of your points of view and all of your judgments of you and your body? 
what what else could show up? Like, wow. Well, the, the adventure of living really shows up. I just had a class last weekend called the Adventurables with um, like 40 women just bearing it all. And it was the most potent um, thing. What was it called? I've been Did you say? We called it the unmentionables. Unmentionables. Nice. Yeah. And it was a conversation about lust and sensuality and sexualness and all the places where, you know, we lock ourselves up and don't have the willingness to let go and live. And, um, it, it rocked my world and I am so grateful for the, I actually saw something on Instagram of you and there was an energy that you were being, and I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I hardly ever read long posts. I'm like, I don't know where I met. I used to read books like once upon a time ago, you know, and I'm like, am I actually capable of that anymore? But it's just audible, you know? Yeah. And I actually read your posts because of the energy you were being in Aww. it. And it oh was God. the, I noticed the energy you were being, and then you wrote in there about a class that you were doing. I didn't know what it was called yeah. and the gratitude that you had for all these women. Thank and you. so you created a minor miracle by me reading a long post. By the way. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you and me both girl. I am. Yeah. I'm so grateful. And thank you so much for, for being a woman that is creating consciousness in the world that consistently inspires me. I think that, um, a lot of times like in this, well, in this world that we grew up in, there's like a fleeting moment where somebody's like being something and you're like, Oh yeah. And then and then the, the, you see behind the image or the facade, but the, the places where you have risen consistently up and with so much potency and grace, I just want to say, thank you so much. And I, I don't know if I have more words than that, but there is something that you be that like literally lights a fire in me. And I'm just beyond grateful. Thank you. Well, I, I actually want to continue with that for one second, because, um, you know, like I gave that example when I was at school and how women can be so cruel and unkind to each other. It's it's sort of this, you grow up with that no matter where you are and it becomes this commonality. And I guess my request and my demand is what if we change that? So even now, if you're listening to this, you know, what if you looked at how you, you are with women and it's like, you know, do you have judgments or 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 are those judgments yours? And what if we change that? And what if we really just push down all of those barriers and anyone that you think you have a judgment of, what if instead you flipped that script and went, wow, do I actually have a judgment of them? Or am I creating this judgment based on they're choosing something that I have not yet chosen? I might never choose, but I might choose something different. Like what if we were so empowering to each other that it created a really different reality? Because, you know, working with Gary and Dane for so long too, and I'm not an idiot. I know that there's been a zillion judgments of me. And the funny thing is so many people, once they, like when they do meet me or hang out, they're like, oh, you're not as scary as I thought you were, or you're not as intimidating as I thought you were, or whatever, whatever it is, right? But whoever you're looking at, if you have that, that place that you know it's creating a barrier, what if we didn't? What if we made that demand that we just went, you know what? No, I'm going to be super grateful for all these women and all the ladies in the world and what can we empower each other with today that we have not yet chosen and would create a really different reality is I think that's the conversation and the choice that we need to start moving into I would love to further that conversation with you um that is something that 
when I went into the beauty industry, like the reason I opened my own salon is because I couldn't do the cattiness with women. I couldn't do the way I needed to create my own culture. And growing up, I always thought I was a boy because I couldn't do the girl things. Like I didn't really understand, not thought I was a boy. I'm not changing my pronouns this week. But what I mean is, is like, I just wanted to be around the guys because they weren't doing as much of that, you know? Um, And so uh, using the access tools to really look at what that is and look at, you know, what my points of view are that are creating that. And then what can I be that melts it, you know, for other women when, when they're intimidated by me and I go, okay, cool. I don't have to add any energy to that. I can be something that allows it to melt. And you've been that with me because I have also been one of those of like being intimidated by you for a while. And then I was, like you said, I'm like, oh my gosh, like all of that (laughs) was just some projection and also picking up on the projections of everybody else that weren't even mine to begin with. And so getting, getting vulnerable and, and looking at that from that place, um, changed so much. And then the receiving opens up and the gratitude can open up even further as well. Yeah. And just so, a little mini tool with that yeah, for one second, sorry, do. mini tool, yeah. because when oh, you ahead. come across a woman and they're in front of you, whether you know them or don't know them or whatever, that immediate, like, boom, that thing that shows up, because I notice, because I noticed this with myself, right? It's like, I, as soon as I saw this woman, I would have this thing that would show up and I go, oh, um, I don't know. She's not that attractive or she's fat or she's da da da. And this would, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why is that that instantaneous thing? And I realized, it's not mine. It's that judgment that they're functioning from. That's not even theirs. It's the projection of what they've decided. So it's almost like women start projecting out at everybody. This is what you're going to judge of me so that we create a barrier. So I'm asking that nanosecond when something shows up, go, no, that's not mine. Hi. 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 Can I have a hug? Whatever. How you doing? Like, and just change the energy of it. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I'm with you and celebrating you. And that a hundred thousand percent, I always tell people in the beauty classes, like every time I acknowledge another woman's beauty or be a space for her to acknowledge hers, I get more of mine. And, um, so I don't have to stand in the, the mirror of her projection any longer and vice versa. And we get to be something that's so different. So, okay. Wrapping us up here, Simone, I ask everybody in the podcast, the same final question. And that is our show is called the power of being you. If you were to write the show's description, letting everybody know what the power of being you is to Simone, what would you say? No more judgment. Have way too much fun with every choice you make. Something like that. Simple, potent, and to the point. Thank you, my friend. Um, if our listeners would like to find out more about all the things that you're creating, will you tell us where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on accessconsciousness.com, but you also, I have a great name because so far I've never discovered another Simone Millis's. So if you Google Simone Millis's, that's my Instagram, that's my Facebook, that's my website, that's everything. So apparently it's pretty easy. Awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, so simomelisses.com will, it'll also be in the show notes, but some people just like to listen to things and don't go look in the notes. So I'd wanted to have you say it. So, um, thank you so much. I am so grateful. I'm excited to even dive in more to some of these other topics at another time with you. Thank you everyone. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the power being you. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the power of being you podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of access consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. 
how much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?